0: Hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop. How about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking queer money on the road this summer and fall. Visit queermoneypodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. There's personal finance for the masses. This is not personal finance for the masses.
1: Hey, okay, let's see if this card goes through for that $8,000 drink. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Everybody wants to be a part of the in crowd. Everybody wants to to look
0: good my my decision was i'm not a victim i'm not going to stay and work someplace where this is a problem (laughs) normally we don't drink our queer money but because we're talking about a subject that david
1: is rather vanilla on (laughs) grab a glass of wine because you're listening to queer money with the debt-free guys this is the only show helping our community do more and be more by talking about money from the queer perspective Hi, I'm David. And I'm John, and we're the Debt-Free Guys, and this is Queer Money, the only personal finance show coming at you from a slightly rainbowy perspective.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Queer Money is a, is uh, about telling stories, uh, about stories of success and failure and how we learn from them, uh, especially stories that are focused on uh, finance or on money. So we thought we'd start out by telling you a little bit about our story.
1: Uh, Who about our story.
0: We. Who or what is a Debt-Free Guy? Well... This debt-free guy uh, started his debt journey long ago. Um, To be honest, wait, I'm not that old. (laughs) Um, My parents signed uh, on a credit card for me uh, when I was 19 years old. Yeah, I think it was 19 years old. It's a long time ago. (laughs) And uh, I went on a vacation to England and Ireland for three weeks. And the purpose of that that credit card was for emergencies only. Well. I quickly learned what credit cards really were for, or at least what I thought they were for. I never once, thank God, saw the inside of an ambulance, a jail, or a police officer's car. And uh, I came home, though, with a credit card that was completely maxed out. I, I knew after that trip what the purpose and the value of a credit card was. It was to get exactly what I wanted, Immediately. whether it was for me or for someone else. <laughs> I mean, I did buy some things for other people, but not a lot, but a little bit of stuff was for other people. But anyway, that began my debt journey, Uh, an albatross that was around my neck for more than a decade. Uh, And it wasn't until I met John, or slightly thereafter, or quite a bit thereafter, that uh, I finally got rid of that albatross. So John, how about your story with that? Where did this all begin?
1: Um, So my journey with money started out from a ripe old age of being a spoiled brat. (laughs) (laughs) And I had no understanding of the value of a dollar. Uh, and then I moved out to Denver, Colorado, here in 1999. And um, I had recently graduated college, and I had $5,000 cash in my pocket, and I thought I was rich. Yeah. And you were. $5,000 <laughs> stolen. Yeah, it's it a lot of money. A lot of money. Especially for a 20 something year old. And so I uh, moved out here, and within less than a year, I spent that $5,000, and I quickly amassed about $30,000 worth of credit card debt. What, what did you spend it on? Um, I bought boarding. Equi- I was going. I was here to snowboard, so I bought boarding equipment, boarding skis, boots, bindings, uh, uh, suits, everything. Um, but then I also had a, a, an apartment, and this is my first non-college apartment. Uh, so I needed all sorts of grown-up stuff, like brand new bed, brand new sofa, brand new armoire, coffee table, uh, pictures, everything. Of course, it all had to be from Pottery Barn, and nothing could be. You know, Less than fancy, less fancy than pottery barn. Big ticket items here, of course. So I quickly burned through my five thousand dollars, and I amassed thirty thousand dollars worth of credit card debt in less than a year. And I kept that debt till shortly after David and I got together. So I think you had a net total of about seventeen years. I had my debt for about seven years, and we probably paid because of the disparity in the amount of debt that we had. Probably paid about the same in interest payments. Um, and we had shortly realized after you know, being together for about a year that we were paying about $10,000 worth in interest payments a year to the credit card company.
0: Right. Stop and think about that. What would you do if you had an extra $10,000 a year because you weren't paying that to a credit card company?
1: So, <laughs> nice. you know. So what happened was we had a come-to-Jesus moment. We, were, we had, um, after being together for uh, about eight months, we moved into a basement apartment. It was, a, it was a nice basement apartment, very cheap, and it included all the amenities that we could ask for. Um, but we, shortly after moving in there, we went up to the mountains and we were visiting a friend of mine. And we were looking at property for a vacation home or land to build a home. And, of course, you know, here we were, financial messes, and right. we were going to buy a vacation home, even though we didn't have a home of our own. Right. Anyway, so we came home from uh, looking at some property, and we... Probably because of our personal finance background, we had about you know 15 years net uh, experience, combined tenure in, in personal finance at that time, um, both at various different investment companies. And Probably because of that, we knew coming home from the mountains that no bank was going to give us a loan to buy property or to buy a house up in Winter Park, which is where we were looking.
0: Yeah, It's kind of interesting. When, when we went, we're, up, were up there, we were looking at property. We're fantasizing about buying a house. We're thinking about, oh, we're going to build a vacation home. You know, we're successful, two young, gay, successful people. We can afford and we can build a house up there, no problem. But I think it was on the drive home that we started to really talk through it. We started to think... Kind of the way we would talk to our clients. Our clients
1: yeah. and it, was, it was never gonna happen. And so we probably went through about two or three months figuring out, you know, what was going wrong, why weren't we living according to what we knew in theory, why weren't we living the lives that we should be living? We were making decent money, but you couldn't infrastructurally you couldn't tell, but you know, every weekend we were at happy hour. We went out to dinners all the time, we were at the clubs every weekend. I had new clothing every weekend, I was getting five hundred to a thousand dollar brand new work. Wardrobe every weekend. Um,
0: We took a couple of really nice vacations to Miami.
1: We went to music conference two years in a row before it became too trendy, and (laughs) we're that old. (laughs) And um, you know, so we were like, "What's why? What's the disparity? What's going on? Why aren't we living authentically? And why aren't we living as great a life as we should be?" So over the course of those two months, we started figuring things out, and uh, we started putting the pieces of the puzzle together, and you know. We decided, okay, we could pay off our debt in three years based on our number crunching. And in fact, we ended up paying off our debt in two and a half years. And through the course of paying off all that debt, that about fifty one thousand dollars worth of credit card debt, we started to realize some things. Some things that we originally knew in theory and didn't know in practice, some things that we just discovered on our own. So we started to document this and we thought eventually came to the point where you know maybe we could turn this into a book. But that started a whole nother story because here, you know while we were paying off our debt, we were kind of writing a book, and we were we would go on vacation every year to Kiowa, South Carolina, with my family. And probably about three or four years in a row, we would come back from vacation saying, "Now we're gonna." Now we're going to write the book. We're going to do it. This is a year. Because we would be in vac- on vacation, thinking we could buy some of these vacation homes. We could live this life. If we only publish this book, this is going to be the answer to all of our dreams.
0: We were going to land a show on Oprah, and <laughs> we were going to sell
1: a million copies of our book. Exactly. Right? You know, the New York Times, you number know, one bestseller, right? Right, exactly. So you know, it took us a while to finally to execute on, on writing that book, and we finally did. And we thought, okay, the heavens are going to open up. <laughs> and we realized, oh, it's not just about writing a book, but publishers aren't going to take a risk on you unless you actually have a platform.
0: Right. We, we actually did float our book to a number of publishers, and they said, Oh, you guys are in finance. You understand risk and reward. Right. We we were lots of risk, and we were not going to bring them, them any reward. Right. The good
1: thing was is that they all liked the book, and they liked our story. It's just that we didn't have a platform. So at that point, we started working on a platform, and that's how Debt Free Guys was born. Um, it started out originally as a blog www.debtfreeguys.com. It, it has now expanded onto a Facebook page and Twitter page, at Debt Free Guys as well. Both handles. Um, we also have uh, a newsletter that comes out, Queer Money Lifestyle Newsletter. Um, and uh, we ended up publishing that book. That book is called Four: The Four Principles of a Debt Free Life. And since then, we've actually published uh, three additional eBooks. The Four is a traditional book. The uh, three other books are all eBooks. Um, and so. What, what we're trying to do is to spread the message of fiscal responsibility because, as we learned, when you live a fiscally responsible life, you can actually live a bigger life than what you otherwise would on credit. It's, it's amazing. seems counterintuitive, but it's a much better life. And now you know, we, we've moved out of the basement apartment. We live on the 12th floor of a high-rise that overlooks the city and the da- uh, downtown of Denver and the mountains. We've traveled quite extensively, and so now we're living the lives of our dreams, and we wanted to share that with everyone. But it wasn't until about last year, last uh, fall, that we started to think, nobody is talking to the queer community about finance. There's all sorts of different niches of personal finance. You've got your mommy bloggers, and you've got your financial advisors, and you've got your investors. and you know, There's all sorts of niches. And we thought, nobody's talking to the queer community. And it's important that somebody talks to the queer community, because there are some nuances for us, that aren't similar to other demographics. And that's why we decided to create queer money.
0: Right. Yeah, we think about there's uh, things like adoption, which is not as common in in the straight community, where in the queer community, if you want to have a, a family, it's either adoption or surrogacy for most people. So there's a lot of costs associated with that.
1: It's quite expensive.
0: Right, exactly. There's other things associated with retirement. We may not have a family to support us in retirement, so we want to talk about those kinds of things. Um, So queer money really is the opportunity for us to tell stories, give tips, some tricks that we've come up with on our own, and things that we hear from our personal finance community that we'd love to share with you that help you do more and be more with with your money. And That's actually really kind of what this... The focus is, is helping you do more and be more. I think John and I have really, I think it's kind of hit us squarely recently with uh, what has happened over the last couple of months, and especially in the last week or so, that uh, our fight for winning hearts and minds is not over. Um, We have a lot going on in the world today, and we want to make sure that we're doing what we can with our money to help win those hearts and minds over, to show people that we are just a part of the everyday community and that we're a part of, uh, of society that is a valu- that we're valuable. And so part of the reason why we're doing this is we think that a strong queer community is also a financially strong queer community. So we want and we have become financially strong and we want others to do that too so that we can support those organizations that are going out there every day trying to win hearts and minds. So that's one of our focuses here is, is to help you do more and be more with your money. The other thing is that we also love stories. We love hearing the stories of success. And to be honest, sometimes we like hearing stories of failure because sometimes it's those stories of failure that help us say, I don't want to do that or I see myself heading down that path. So we want to bring you stories of individuals who are successful, not just financially successful, but successful in all aspects of their lives. And it's those stories that we think will help help you uh really understand what it is that we're trying to do and also help you make some changes in your life, changes that we've made and changes that we still have to make in our lives that will help us do more and be more. So we want you to join us next week. We have a great story about someone who started a company, then sold his house and has been traveling the world for the last two years, 24 months straight. He's been traveling the world going to countries that many of us would not even imagine going to because to a certain degree maybe we're fearful of going to those countries. But he's been traveling and doing all of that. And uh, he's a gay individual. And we want to find out what it is that made him make those kinds of choices to be able to travel the world. What kind of stories shaped his life that have allowed him to do that? So join us next week for that great show about how you can potentially look at traveling the world yourself.
1: So Queer Money is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher uh, as a podcast. It's also available on YouTube as a video cast. And all of those that information, all that, that those platforms, you can uh, be directed to through um, DeafFreeGuys.com as well as queer.money. So join us each week and help us build a more financially viable, stronger queer community. Thank you very much. Okay. We just serviced you, now you get to service us by subscribing to this podcast on iTunes and signing up for the Queer Money Lifestyle Newsletter at Queer.Money. Well, I'm not really gay. <laughs> <laughs> it would help me if I had a personal chef I made all my coffee all meals for me. Right. So instead I'll have a Snickers tonight for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> the other end,
0: I like the butts, so... <laughs> uh,